the biggest skill that that's needed is common sense. Like you know, when you when you look at something, you 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 understand that thing. So common sense is the biggest. You know, is like the biggest biggest skill that we need. Uh, you have to have an understanding of like the world as a whole, right? Like the overall understanding of of, of things, right? Um, so so that you don't you know people don't look silly when they write something up and it makes no sense, right? So common sense is number one. Do you know how much it costs for companies to be featured on magazines like? and BBC. Today, I invited Mary Kosony, the brains behind Search Intelligence, a very successful digital PR company that just crossed $1 million last December. And if you have not heard Ferry's name before, well, let's just say that him and his team had put together very creative marketing campaigns and digital PR campaigns that helped hit their clients to land spots in magazines like Forbes, Men's Health, Yahoo.com, and BBC, and so on, and even New York Times. Some of the case studies include Crazy things like whether Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg would win a boxing fight. And by the way, it would be Mark Zuckerberg. So better watch out for your Facebook accounts. And case studies like whether Mario or the Pac-Man would make more money in real life if they were actual characters. So in this episode, I'm going to talk to Fadi Kosani about his career as an entrepreneur, his advice for aspiring CMOs and how to get to the level of success that he has right now and how he is building his team and motivating his company to work hard and stay resilient. Yeah, if you want to know how to get into digital PR and what are the process, hurdles, and benefits, then keep listening and let's get into the episode. Hi, Aniko. I'm um, really honored to be here on your podcast. Um, fun fact about Ferry, he is also Hungarian like me. So when we first Indeed. met in Milan, we were actually speaking Hungarian, right? Indeed. And uh, that's why I could pronounce your name, you know, like with a Hungarian accent, Aniko, right? Yes, perfect. Exactly. That's why... Um, you know, I call myself Oni, but many people just call me Annie because it's like yeah. English. But yeah, yeah amazing. Um, so I know you have a really successful digital PR business and I'm super, super happy you're going to join our conference in Vietnam. Like, I really admire your work and your um, team's work. Like, I follow it on LinkedIn and you guys, if you have not checked out uh, Ferry's LinkedIn, do it now because it's uh, fantastic, great content. And just in general, like you share knowledge so much, but also in a very fun and engaging way. That's that's yeah. the goal, right? That's the goal. Entertain and educate. That's um that's the best way to spread the message. Yes. Before we dive in, could you describe what is digital PR? What is that your company is super awesome at? Awesome. Uh, so uh, digital PR is one pillar of of the link building uh, in SEO, right? It's not the link building. It is one of the link building methods. Uh, I mean, many people say, well, digital PR is more than just links and, you know, it's like brand awareness and, you know, um, sharing, like sharing, you know, your expertise with expert commentary and so on. But the reality is that 99% of companies who want to do digital PR, the first thing they mention every time in any inquiry, hey, we are looking for not, you know, brand awareness or like, uh, you know, we want to take share of voice, but they say we are looking for quality links. So whether, you know, we want to believe it or not, or we want uh, want it to be a reality or not, 99% of, of the current digital PR is being done because SEOs has figured out, hey, there's good links there. If if the SEO would not exist, digital PR would probably be like a, a very small little niche. But because of the SEOs who are doing whatever it takes 
to get, you know, better backlinks. That's where digital PR stands at the moment. And um, yeah, many people say, oh, no, it's not just about links. 99% of the cases, digital PR is for links by SEO departments or SEO companies who want to build better links. That's what digital PR is. Fantastic. Thank you so much for clarifying because, you know, when I first heard digital PR from somebody who uh, didn't do any link building and like, I'm not into the link building, I'll be like, like even, even earlier in my career, public relation to me was like, you know, keeping uh, people updated online or it's like taking pictures, making sure that you are on magazines and stuff. And I'm like, oh, to be on magazines is literally having a link from that magazine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, which is uh, really cool. And what I love the most is that you take a very entertaining and fun twist into digital PR, which, you know, starts this whole creative campaign that you guys run. Could you like share like one campaign um, with us in this episode? I think one of the one of your the favorite one. Yeah, one, one of my favorite. I mean, we have we have, you know, hundreds of favorite campaigns that we've done. But one of the, you know, most iconic one was the Mario uh, campaign where we have, um, it was a, a company, uh, it was a website who has got like um, solitary games and like online games. And we said, what campaign could we do that's, you know, around gaming, around games? And we said, let's analyze how much every popular video game character would earn in real life. And then we went to like Max Payne, who's like a detective. And then we went to, you know, Super Mario, who is like a plumber. And we, we have calculated what the real life salary um, would be for everyone. And uh, I think Pac-Man was like a security guard and he had like the lowest salary. So Pac-Man, the mo one of the most popular game, you know, game characters had, you know, the lowest salary. And then, you know, Mario, he's a plumber. So he's like a kind of meat, meat earner. <clears throat> and we pushed it out. Uh, you know, we pushed these little stats out and we got lots of links. Um, I think it was a good, very unique uh, angle, very, very fun, even for the press to say, to write about, hey, Mario would earn like 35 grand a year if he was uh, you know, a real life car character. And then we, of course, we put uh, forward our, you know, solitary uh, client in, in like the press release who you know, commissioned the research and that's how we got them the links. But it was a very fun twist on playing, you know, like with fictive characters and then uh, putting them in real life. That's one of our favorite ones. That's awesome. And how long did it take you guys to come up with such a creative idea? Or was it the client coming to you saying like, hey, I want uh, some campaign talking about characters or... No, it's, it's us. So it's it's our um, it's our department. Our PR department comes up with the ideas all the time. Uh, we don't really accept ideas from clients very very rarely. We we do say, oh yeah, we we are gonna listen to you, but we want to run with our own ideas. We don't want you to interfere with our with our you know very strict process. And so our team, you know, we have a Slack channel where we just put in all the ideas. You know, even our HR department sometimes sees something on the news and then she messages you know the Slack channel. So we are working together as you know. Um, as a team to come up with like unlimited ideas for our clients. Uh, many team members also do it. Sometimes we do it individually as well. So it's not always just the whole team. Uh, many times we just, you know, assign um, the clients to uh, a few team members and then they go away and they do like little group ideation sessions where they analyze the news, they analyze, you know, previous campaigns, they analyze, you know, um, Twitter. And that's how, you know, that's how we just dive in and just throw lots of ideas into like a, on a spreadsheet. And then we choose you know the best ones out, out of them amazing and is it like one single department that has a brainstorming session or is it like the whole company comes together whole com like 
Uh, it's usually the PR PR department uh, that's got um, all all the you know brainstorming sessions. But it doesn't mean that we discourage you know, other departments like you know even software the software team or the data team sometimes come sometimes comes uh, forward with ideas and we encourage everyone to if you see something on the news just put it in the channel you know it could help somebody um, at at one point. Um, mm-hmm. So it's mostly the PR team, but sometimes we do have other team members as well who just chuck you know crazy ideas in there. I think I think. One of the um, one one of the iconic campaigns about Elon Musk and uh, Mark Zuckerberg when they they announced they're going to fight. Uh, even with that campaign, they got us in like the big big all the big like like fifty links, and it was an idea that was triggered by one of our content managers who is not even on the PR team, just because she shared something and then it triggered an idea of like oh we should use our fitness client. And um, by the way, that uh, it was Matt Diggity's. I mean, uh, it's one of Matt Diggity's website. And uh, we said, let's use this website to, you know, put put them forward as, um, you know, the expert who provides a commentary on why we think, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is most likely to win. And it's because he's doing like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We put this, you know, in a nice email. And then we said, hey, you know, Elon Musk is going to lose. And um, it got us like in all the big publications. Everyone who was writing about that story they included our little expert commentary in the article. Um, and it was because somebody who is not even a PR shared an idea on social media. Uh, no, so, sorry, on, on the Slack, you know, Slack yeah, channel. Yeah, that's fantastic. And but because it was also like a very time sensitive uh, article or like news, how much time did your team have to like crunch in and go in, like make that campaign really quickly? In, in like or, an hour. Yeah, it was out in like an hour or two. No, it, it was, was like just leave an everything, hour. You leave everything, don't even, you know, don't even go to the toilet and just put it, put it down, put down the, uh, you know, the press release out and then, you know, and then just wait. Uh, it was, it was like really, you know, hands-on and like the house is burning, you know, and it was super fast paced. But these are the most fun, um, especially that, you know, it's going to be big returns with like two hours of work. It's like, it's the most satisfying thing ever. And is it always with every campaign or is it because this specific one was very time sensitive with the Mark Zuckerberg? And yeah, the it was Mark. just this specific one. I mean, there's oh. many reactives that we do, but reactives are usually this fast paced. Um, some like most of them are not like this. Most of them take, you know, a week or two to come up with the ideas and then another two weeks to, you know, do the data research and do the uh, report writing and then another two or three weeks to start the pitching. So most campaigns are like almost two months. Um, okay. But some of them, if there's an opportunity, you know, it's worth to risk it. Even if you don't get anything from those two hours, um, it's still worth the risk because the rewards can be, you know, way more than than what you are actually risking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fantastic. How many team members was like crunching on that one hour? Then was it like the whole company on fire, or it was like just one? Well, it was just one person. Thing? No. Yeah. Wow. This person. is just one person. That's fantastic. So, well, with the ideation, the discussion. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. She, she, she smashed it. Yeah. So in the discussion, there were like many people, you know, commenting in in like on, on Slack. And, and, you know, throwing ideas, you know, doing like some banter there about Mark Zuckerberg and so on. But the actual execution was done by, by one person. And that's how it usually is. It's always one, you know, lead person who quickly writes it up, puts it in our system, sends it out. Um, and yeah, it's a one person job usually, especially the reactives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this far into the episode. And if you want to meet successful online entrepreneurs and SEOs just like you, make sure you join the SEO Mastery Summit from April 7 to 11 in the center of Ho Chi Minh City. We'll have over 15 international speakers coming from all over the world and attendees joining to make connections and build their businesses to their best potential in 2024. So 
So our first SEO Mastery Summit event sold out. So make sure you grab your tickets today because we are increasing prices at the end of every single month. So I'll hope to see you there and let's get back to the episode. That's a really amazing insight. And uh, for someone who now that we heard your results and like your process and how fun this uh, kind of agency is, um, what skills does someone need to get into uh, digital PR? You think like if somebody like super beginner, like, oh, Ferry, I really like what you do. How can I, you know, guess what skills do I need to require? Do I need a journalism degree? Do I need to do like marketing degrees, anything? What, what's, what's your take? Yeah, there's no need for any degree. So we don't, we don't even look at degrees. We don't care. The biggest skill that that's needed is common sense. Like, you know, when you, when you look at something, you, you, you understand that thing. So common sense is the biggest, you know, is like the biggest, biggest skill that we need. Uh, you have to have an understanding of like the world as a whole, right? Like the overall understanding of, of, of things, right? Um, so, so that you don't, you know, people don't look silly when they write something up and it makes no sense, right? So common sense is number one. Second skill, of course, they have to know how to write they have to know how to articulate um, if you have a fact uh, that's being provided either you know by a data set or by you know the client you have to know how to write that fact down and articulate in a way that's interesting to the audience so you have to be able to write uh, very well uh, and then uh, the third skill is like research you have to know how to research you have to know how to look for even just good ideas on, on, you know, on news websites. You just have to be very curious and you have to know how to research things, how to find things that are, you know, hard to find. Um, these three skills kind of are, are enough to get started with digital PR. And of course, you know, uh, the other skill is, you know, you have to be, you know, relentless. You cannot be just, you know, happy, happy, you know, cruising along slow in a slow lane. You have to be, you know, on fire, right? And and I think that applies to most most of the industries. But but that's also something that we are looking at. You know, these people are these people on fire? Is this person really excited? They are driven and they just want to keep push, push, push. Even if there's like a roadblock, you know, if you are excited about something, and you can get yourself excited, by the way, if you if you read about the thing, if you constantly, you know, push your brain and your mind towards that area, then you you can hype yourself up, and that's. It takes effort, but uh, if we see people excited, then we know that person is going to be successful. Amazing. Um, what I want to talk about, though, is common sense. It's like the hardest thing to teach. It is. It is. I, I, this is not the first time I'm, I'm in some teams, right? And I always find myself like the people I get along with is like, they just get it. And I just didn't know, like, what is that? They just get it. And now that, um, you know, I want to processize everything and just make things simpler. I realize that the bottleneck sometimes is just common, common sense. Please. And what does it take? Is it like an experience thing? I don't know, like how to show this to people. Like you just need to logically. I think it's, I think, I think first of all, people who read a lot, they, they tend to have more common sense because mm. and who read a lot not just you know fictive but who read a lot about different things right so people who love to read um they usually have a you know elevated level of 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 common sense because they feed their mind with lots of lots of things that help you put the puzzles together when there's a, a, a more complicated uh, concept coming up in your day-to-day -day, you know life and, and work so I think people who love to read a lot are more likely to have more common sense than people who don't read a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think I think that's that's one of the best ways to assess whether people will have common sense. You know, just ask them, you know, how many books did you read? You know, 
in the past five years? Do you like to read? And if you say, well, I like to read, but like, mm, then most likely those people will not have as much common sense. Reading does develop common sense and it's a fact. Um, but but also, I mean, you just have to play the numbers game, especially when you recruit people. Uh, it's very hard to assess upfront how much common sense they have. Uh, maybe you can do some IQ tests, maybe, and maybe you can do some common sense tests. Um, I think we should probably implement this um, as part of our, of our recruiting process. We didn't do that yet. We do have some you know assessments, but now that we talk about it, it's like, how do you assess whether people have common sense? That's actually a good idea. There's probably some tests that you can you know put together you know to evaluate you know kind of an estimation of people's um, common sense. Yeah, but it's just a numbers game as well. Like um, when when we hi- when we hire people, we always play the numbers game. There's no there's no better way but to have you know a thousand candidates. And out of a thousand candidates, you filter out twenty that you're gonna hire, and then just get the best of the best. I mean, what you think is the best of the best because you never know until you know three months or four months in, into the job. Um, but I would I would yeah I would say that there's probably tests that you can run to evaluate common sense hi if you listen to this far thank you so much for listening and if you enjoy the show please leave me a review on either apple podcast spotify or my youtube channel if you have any feedback for the show please let me know on the aspiring cmo podcast social media pages on facebook and instagram or send me an email on my website now let's get back to the episode thank you so much i think it's a very uh, practical way to apply whether someone is like starting their you know business or uh, just a growing manager within a company because it's something they don't train you on. It's like, you know what? We need people for this thing. Can you figure yeah, this out? Yeah, it's hidden under the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that the concept of common sense is not even being talked about, but I think it's the most valuable skill because if people have common sense, they can learn almost anything. If they have common sense and drive, then it, the, the future is bright for them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And that now that we talk about hiring and also uh, getting good team members, I read one of your LinkedIn a recent LinkedIn post and you said like you have been having over 118 clients this last year is that uh, yeah to, over over 280 clients 280 clients yeah we have 280 clients now, yeah that's not I mean that's amazing so congratulations I mean thank you wow how many account managers do you have for that three a lot <gasps> whoa okay that's um uh, okay so whoever is listening this is you guys about to listen to some high core efficiency right here, right? Like in order to manage this many clients, like you have to be extremely efficient. Um, now that I'm also in an agency, I also see that, you know, client management is not, it's not a very simple thing. It's not. Uh, it takes common sense though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. It's a very common sense thing, but it's not like I need a PhD in whatever rocket science subject, but it's still uh, not a simple job, which then uh, my question is like, how did you grow a team to fulfill this 200 plus clients? Like, could you Just, take us on your entrepreneurial journey? How you have built this up? The most important thing when you do client work at scale is, is systems and processes. Mm-hmm. Without our systems and processes, we would not be able to manage 280 clients. It would crumble in like a week. Uh, so just just invest into developing systems and processes that support scaling. Um, we are not perfect. You know, we still learn and we still, sometimes we, we forget about the client, unfortunately. And after two weeks, we realize, oh, we didn't update this client for like two weeks now. And then we quickly, you know, um, go and update them. So we are not perfect, but you need proper systems and processes. Um, but you also have to sell the service in a way so clients understand we're not going to end up in two hour long meetings with 10 of our team members talking about our cats and our dogs. 
that's not going to happen. We will update you when we have to, and, and we will not update you every week because, you know, that's not our goal to, you know, constantly update people. Our goal is to deliver you the service in the most efficient and cheapest way possible. And therefore, from the beginning, we, we clearly say, forget about meetings. We know we're not going to do, you know, let's talk about this, this little thing. No, everything is asynchronous. Everything is by email or by Slack. We are always there for them if they need, if they have any question, we, you know, we are there for them, but we minimize communication so that we can focus on, on, you know, making the team efficient. Mm -hmm. Um, Therefore, we don't need to communicate a lot uh, with our clients, um, and and that's why we don't need too many account managers. Actually, our account managers are our managers who also manage the team. Mm -hmm. and so, so we don't have like this, you know, account management um, tradition in, in a traditional way. But we have the managers who know everything about everything, um, and we communicate to the clients as and when needed uh, for invoicing and you know billing. We have two uh, separate people who communicate with all the clients, and then for you know campaign related stuff we have three people who communicate with clients and that's it um yeah so yeah. systems processes and and just sell the service in the right way just make sure the client understands from the beginning we are not like you know a, a, a full team meeting a type of agency yeah yeah yeah. i totally understand that and uh, it's interesting like you are not the first person who mentioned to me that systems up and processes are so important and it's like I consider your company as a very creative company because you come up with creative campaigns all the time and almost like creativity. Someone told me that creativity cannot be systemized. What what do you think about that? Like, well, creativity cannot be systematized, but you can use tools and software systems to to assist you with getting better ideas. So we have a bank of probably 5,000 campaigns uh, or even more that have been previously executed by all the agencies in the world. And it's easy for us to just go there and see what type of ideas are most likely going to work uh, for, for you know, any specific campaign. So and we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. So if there's been a study about the safest European countries in 2021, we can just redo the 2024 version of, of that campaign with fresh data. And we have seen that in 2021, it landed, you know, 30 links. It's most likely going to land 30 links this year as well. So creativity doesn't just mean coming up with very unique ideas. It means combining old ideas and, and make sure that we we run ideas that are most likely to get uh, you know uh, links uh, today because they have gotten links in the past right oh that's a great strategy yes i I agree, I agree with you like i'm not i also the type of person who i don't like to reinvent the wheel and no we uh, whatever works works and uh, but at the same time like i'm uh, i personally i also want to try my push my creative uh boundaries oh, yeah. so i do uh i personally do like journaling i do um i i, I not just write but i i draw <laughs> and yeah, i know i have a youtube channel like it requires me to think in a creative way uh, as well but to scale it up in the future to do something what you do or similar is it's you know it's a great insight to have like you don't have to reinvent the wheel it's okay to uh, look at past data and make informed decision based on that yes. we had we had a consultant uh, right at the beginning she helped us like a lot a lot uh, to get you know get the PR department uh, from you know get, get it going at the beginning um but we had a, lots of pushback when we had like ideation sessions saying, oh, that's, you know, that idea has been done before. And that's what she was, she kept on saying like, well, that's not a unique idea. It has been done before. Therefore, we should not do it. And then we realized, 
that that's not correct. We should not stick to just ideas that have not been done. We should go and see how we can reangle ideas that are successful, reangle it a little bit, and then you know use it to our advantage because it's a safe idea. So definitely don't reinvent the wheel. But of course, it helps when you come up with very unique ideas. But if we would only rely on unique ideas, we would get nowhere. Like it would it would be very hard to just get people to always come up with fresh ideas. Um, that would that would not get us, you know, the the you know the traction that we have. Mm-hmm. I understand. Thank you. Um, and what? Uh, well, this is a funny question. So, could you share us a, a funny case in your digital PR that not many people know? Whether it's like it could be a campaign you did or something within your team, anything that uh, that you know stands out for you and you remember. And it's just funny. Uh, a funny, uh, like almost like a twisted. Um, campaign. I know it's almost like funny, but it, it was it was scary at the beginning. Um, so we launched we launched a campaign. Uh, it was something about how to protect. I think how to protect your devices in a heat wave uh, for one of our clients. And then we we land the links. And then in a few days we go back and see the links have been changed to another to another company in the same niche. And then we start. In, you know, we, we, we dive in like, what's happening? Like, why? Who has changed the links in all of these, you know, big publications? And then I reach out to another, you know, oh, no, I've seen another agency who said the same campaign on their website. And it's like, wait a minute, what's happening? So we launched two, the, the same the same idea at the same time, uh, the two agencies for two different clients. So that agency launched for their client and we launched it for our own client. And their executive of the other agency, like without having any evil, you know, any, any bad intention, they thought that the journalist had has uh, wrongly put in the, the link to another to, to our client, and their executive reached out to that journalist, to the journalist who covered our story, saying, "Hey, could you, you know change the link because the link is wrong, and to change it to their client?" And that was so it was so twisted, so like I, I almost like felt guilty. I thought that you know we we took their campaign, and then they felt guilty because they thought you know <laughs> their executive you know took our campaign, and then you know at the end of the day you know we 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 kind of we got to the bottom of of like the story and we have found that the, that PR executive from their company was like very confused like what's happening the same story uh, the same idea you know kind of expert commentary but uh, you know for two different clients it was such a big coincidence uh, and that was like that was a very interesting situation and was the data the same as well like what's the conclusion oh it was it was like that? expert commentary like it was like oh what to do to protect your devices during a heat wave and it was it was our expert commentary our wording but they they thought the journalist has rewritten the wording um, and then and then we said like oh who 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 took whose idea and we found out that a third agency has done that idea a year ago so it was like out in the news it was the same idea but then we got like inspiration from that idea that was done like a year ago and then we we've done it and they have done it and it was like a very twisted situation very interesting things happening you know in this um this very busy very fast-paced uh you know world of pr it is uh and it's kind of Nice that the other company from the other agency kind of fixed it for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are willing to, you know, like we um, we respect each other. You know, we are we are like very competitive, and we are very, you know, like hey, that's my food. You know, when the dogs eat, and another dog goes there and tries to eat, and the other dog is like barking and you know angry and shows the teeth. That's that's how that's how I am. That's how we are in this industry. But but apart from that, we respect each other. You know, uh, we are very competitive, but also you know have great respect for for all all the other agencies as well. And we always try to, you know, initially I. 
entitled, it, it's us who messed it up. And I said, you know, hey, send me an invoice because I will pay you five thousand pounds for you know this campaign because it's probably us, you know, who took this. And then I actually wanted to pay him for for the work because I thought we messed it up. We took their idea or we took their content um, accidentally. I know how, uh, but then we found out that it wasn't the case. It was, you know, it's, it was just a twisted. Uh, situation yeah. Uh, but yeah we do have big respect for each other in, that's in amazing and it's a very yeah it's a great thing to learn from how like uh, i don't know pop culture and also social media is like trying to evilize one or the other whereas you came to like a very uh, mutual conclusion and like everything was great even though it's like competitors so there's something to learn from as well oh um, absolutely like, like i'm i'm not tolerant on anyone reaching out to our clients that's that's where i'm like calling you know people not not publicly but calling them out in like the dms if people s- s- try to poach our employees or our clients I'm, i i always like hey like wait a minute like why are you trying to say that your service is better than ours let the client discover it uh, don't try to poach our clients so that i'm very you know protective there but but apart from you know people trying to poach our clients like i have respect for everyone i think everyone is great yeah yeah exactly um and which kind of leads me to a leadership question because now i i always see that for me as a third person looking at you from you know outside also from stage in from milan also on social media and now talking to you like i see that you are very respectful for uh multiple parties in a company which is like a great green flag and also coming to this podcast you were like on time and like you know like i just know that you have very strong leadership values and but i don't know what exactly those are could you share that with us today because i think those values lead to your action that you know become make you become successful and 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 fatty you know yeah yeah indeed uh, i think so i have a philosophy of always do unto others as you would want others to do unto you and my life changed because i'm a believer that we make our own luck i don't think i don't think bad luck is a coincidence and i don't think good luck is is a, is a coincidence i think it's a result of who we are from within uh, and not not, not from without, not like showing, you know, people that you are, you know, kind, but actually being kind and, and being a good human from like deep, in, deep within. Um, and, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm applying all these philosophies to business as well. Like, how do I create my luck in, in business and life? Um, and I know that it's the only way to create luck is, is go deep inside and, and just work from the ground up or work at the basics, which is, you know, always be honest with people never be shady never be never never be you know you know when you know people try to do tricks uh, to tricks trick trick the system trick somebody to you know be shady never be shady never lie even even a small lie you should not say even like a very little lie like you know back in the day i used to do seo audits and sometimes i had like you know five audits to do and one of the clients asked me hey ferry did you manage to get started on the on the seo audit and i didn't reply because I didn't start. I didn't want to say, yeah, I started. Uh, I said, I'm going to sit down for half an hour and I'm actually going to start the audit before I reply to this client so that I can say, hey, I have started on it. So I went, sat down, opened up the document and I started writing, you know, started analyzing, went to seminar, started doing the work. I put it down in the document. I started writing the paragraphs and then I replied. I said, hey, you know, John, yes, I can confirm I have started the work and it should be done within, you know, uh, one or two or three weeks. So just even these small lies, I think we we create our luck by 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 being the person who we would expect others to be. Yeah, uh, and we set the standard as well, right? When we are giving to people, when we are um, when we are kind to others, then 
we don't accept anything else for others to be with us, right? Therefore, you naturally clean up your environment because you will not tolerate people who are dishonest because you know you have zero dishonesty. You have, you know, and you only tolerate people who are like you, right? We always tolerate, uh, we always set the standards of how we expect others to behave by us behaving in a certain way. If in the kitchen we don't, you know, we don't wash, really wash like, you know, the dish in like the office and we leave a little bit, you know, a little bit of a mark, then we say to the world, hey, I accept others to do that and that's going to be my standard because I'm not doing it, right? And this applies to every little thing in life, including leadership, um, right? So that's 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 why I'm kind of kind of this way. I understand. So to summarize, I think it, what I heard was kindness, integrity, and leading by example. Leading by example, uh, yes, and but, but yeah. also making sure that we are not just you know happy happy cruising along, but also we we need to think you know think big and be relentless in the actions. So it's it's not just like almost like naive kindness, like oh we give you we'll give you, you no. Know, lots of money, we give you lots of time off, but, but also being, you know, demanding of high standards in, mm -hmm. in the work and in the actions that you do. So um, if, if we give them a four-day work week, it doesn't mean that they can just happy, happy, relax in like the four days that they work. It means people will have to be on fire and we do not tolerate anything else, right? I see. So and high so standards and yeah. Yeah, yeah high, high standards, high rewards, right? Mm -hmm. Instead yeah. of just being, you know, everything average, we, we are way above average with what we give, but way above average with what we expect. And I think that's that's where a strong leadership comes. Um, that, that's where a strong leadership is, where you give a lot, but also, you know, expect a lot. Or the other way around, like whichever way you want it. Like expect a lot, but, you know, I mean, if you expect a lot, you should give a lot as well. So it cannot go one without the other. And that's, I think that's the main thing that built up the business where we are now. Like we are not ashamed to ask for people, hey, you know, we have high standards here because we know that on the other side, we have high standards in terms of what we give. Mm -hmm. So we are not like afraid, like, oh, well, they shouldn't work hard because, you know, we don't reward, like we reward them a lot. Therefore, you know, it's um, it's uh, rightfully so to ask them to have high standards. And people love it, by the way. Like people love it when, when they are being held, you know, when they have a big mission. People love it when they have a big dream, when they have, you know, big things to achieve. It's it's really, really, it's creating happiness for people because they they, they they are looking like wow i didn't think this is possible like look what i've done like i completed you know five campaigns this month i never thought this is actually possible so people also feel happy because they have achieved a lot because we you know have high standards of like what we expect mm -hmm. yes yes um i think it is a great reminder for anyone really like you don't have to be a manager to listen to this but like even for our personal growth to follow what you've just said like put yourself to a high standard but also make sure that if you work hard um let's say it's a test or like university or god knows your podcast or whatever it's like make sure that you also reward yourself in some way so that it, it keeps the the cycle going yeah there's a lot of the times we just uh, oh i'm not doing enough i need to work harder and then crash or like uh, you know bad mental health and then etc and then all the negative stuff so i think for me personally it was a great reminder like um even if i work hard like oh make sure that oh tap on the back like it was good <laughs> yeah you gotta get the yeah. rewards right i mean mm -hmm. uh, if 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 you work hard, you should you should see the rewards as well. Um, whatever the rewards are, whether it's financial or you know take a, a full weekend off or whatever you know the rewards can be, or live in a nicer house, or drive a nicer car, and you have to feel the rewards. But 
and and then and then the rewards are going to make you feel guilty to become even better because oh if i you know if you drive this nice car and if you live in you know this big house then i i have to feel like i'm worth i'm yeah. worthy of 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 that therefore i'm going to work even harder to prove to myself that i deserve those things right and mm-hmm. and I, at least that's how that's how I, I work like i feel guilty when i drive a nice car and i'm not giving my all in the business because i'm like Hey, I'm you know I've had this lifestyle. Why like why should I just slack off? I should work hard because otherwise, why would I deserve these things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Thank you. And a bit the, one of the values though that I see that you did not mention was fun. I, I see that uh, your brand and the search intelligence and just very costly personal brand, like it's kind of surround around. F- uh, humor as well. Is that something you set as an intention? Like, okay, if I want to get clients in this industry, I need to be super funny or something like that. Like, well, I just, I just need to be, you know, who I, I would enjoy to be, and I would want my team to be, to be that that way as well, right? I mean, we, sh- I think fun, fun is, as you said, the the big, the big reward when when you create something that's fun and you have fun creating it. It just makes makes work um, something that you would just want to do and. And, and you you feel I think it's a great way to res- resonate with others as well um, because fun is always you know it's always got place in entertainment it's the best way to entertain you know if if you are just making people's lives better right you bring a smile on somebody's face it's um I think it's the best way yeah it's it's the best way to kind of get people to resonate with you by just by just creating something that's fun um yeah com- comedy comedy is is a very powerful tool it is a very it powerful is. tool and may maybe I when I was a child I was always, you know, funny, who knows, maybe. And I grew up like that and I keep on, you know, I, I just want to keep on doing this. Um, but it's a good way to combine, you know, business with, with humor. Um, it just creates a, a great audience. And like the SEO world needs this. Like there's there's not enough fun in the SEO world, right? There's not enough funny things. There's not enough innovation in terms of like marketing. So I feel like I'm, I'm one of the first ones who brings, you know, a different kind of fun, like parodies and something. Um, Something that, you know, just stops you scrolling to see something that's unique and um, people only only think of how cool it would be if that would be like that. Uh, and then hopefully we bring, I bring that into into the SEO world. Yes, it definitely did. And we can't wait to have you on the SEO Mastery Summit this uh, year in April 7 to 11. One of you, you're going to be one of our speakers as well. Um, can you give us a hint how the presentation is going to be or you don't know? I'm still working on that. I was thinking a lot, you know, how to, how to do it. Um, I'm still working on that. Um, but it will be, it will be, you know, first of all, like anyone who will, will, anyone who will attend, they will go home and they will be on fire to run PR campaigns. They will like... I'm going to get into digital PR now. I'm going to, you know, build, uh, you know, build a system. I'm going to build, you know, a service like digital PR. That's going to be my, my main goal to, you know, when, when people go there, they should get so much knowledge and inspiration that they can go away and, and do it themselves. Like pure, you know, I'm, I'm always doing it with, with, you know, with, with my LinkedIn posts as well. I just want people to come back and say, thank you for helping me do do this. So that's going to be the first, like the, uh, a certainty. And then in terms of like the fun, uh, I might, yeah, I might, I might think of doing something, you know, I know something extreme go coming like Spider-Man. I know something like that. We'll see. Um, yeah, I can imagine like you flying in on the stage or something, something crazy. Yeah. I'm, Something. Or start singing. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, <laughs> we are we are working on a new SEO song, so the song might be ready by then. Um, 
So that that could be that could be something. Um, uh, I'm you know I'm gonna keep it secret until then. Okay. I mean, you know it before, of course, before anyone else, because you're part of the organizers. Uh, but 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 uh, we we have to bring some you know some very unique. Have you been at uh, Chiang Mai? Yes, yes. Have you seen uh, Mikhail Mikhail's uh, video with? Uh, it was Westman? fantastic. Yeah, I saw you there. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so funny. You guys did a collab, and it was yeah, really yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've uh, even Ahrefs you know reached out. Oh, Ferry, can you help us with some videos um, after that? So um, we yeah we have to do something that you know gets people to talk about and just create some fun, some entertainment. I agree with you. You definitely shake things up in the industry and just in general in marketing, not just SEO. I think that. Uh, your leadership, your mindset, and your hard work, and just everything that you have said today was super beneficial for aspiring CMOs and even current CMOs, I believe. Uh, so much to learn from today. My last question to that I ask every guest at the end of every episode is like, what is your number one advice for aspiring CMOs? Number one advice, build a personal brand. Oh, that's build a personal brand and build a personal brand with with kind with like sharing all your knowledge for free and the way you do it is as an aspiring cmo is um think of the things that you know the the like the things that you are best at and create a, a paid course where people would pay a thousand pounds per month to take your course. So create those videos and that material, even if it's like only five videos or, or, or 200 videos, it doesn't matter. Create that you know, high level course, very expensive, but people would be you know paying for you know a thousand pounds for it per month to watch it. So create the course and then give it away for free on social media. So don't don't charge for it. Give it away for free. That's how you build a personal brand. Create uh, material that people would pay a thousand pounds to watch it. So good, so informative, so powerful. And then just cut it up in like clips and then give it away for free in like the next six months on social media. You have built a personal brand. Welcome to the club. That's how you do it. Right? Wow. Thank you for the crash course. This is uh, one of the most practical advice that I've heard. And it's a, uh, I thought it was going to lead up to some course selling, but the way you twisted it to make it free, oh, that free. was just like mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. You have to think of building up a course that people pay for, because then, you know, you put in even more value. If you think, oh, if people are going to pay a thousand pounds for it, then it's got to be really, really valuable. And then you give it away for free. Magic. It is magic. All right. Thank you so much, Patty, for joining the show. If people would like to contact you, how can they? find you just go on linkedin and then type in this this little little name down there ferry cassoni and then you'll find me and just dm me i'm i'm you know i'm very fast um in in terms of how you know quick i reply but i'm on linkedin uh i'm on linkedin 24 7 amazing thank you so much for joining the show like i'm super super happy you joined you have no idea how thankful i am but yeah i'm super happy you joined yeah I'm super happy you you invited me and uh, as I said it was an honor to be here and looking forward to you know seeing you in person as well in um uh, at, at the conference. Amazing. All right. See ya. Superb. See ya.